Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. Alright, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. Alright, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Lucas, I don't know if Sing Street is going to get any music. Oh, I know, I know. The more and more I hear, I just don't feel like it's... Yeah, yeah. If it, since it didn't make this list right. for best original song, I was like, it's it's done. Yeah. It's not going to... But come on. We have... <sighs> Trolls on here and sing yeah. both of those songs. That's crazy. <sighs> All right. Okay. Ready? Welcome back, podcast people. We are closing in on the end of 2016. And as we look back on a full year of very eventful stuff, we are going to talk about TV this year. So in addition to what we're what we're feeling this week, we're going to talk about the year 2016 as it relates to television. Before we do but before we do that, let's introduce ourselves and tell us what show has your favorite Christmas episode. I'll kick it off. I'm Lucas Ride, a designer from the Bay Area, and my favorite Christmas episode is the Friends episode, the one with the hol- with the holiday armadillo. A classic. Such a classic. That one is hilarious and yet heartwarming all at once. Sandra, what about you? I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. And one favorite Christmas episode that's coming to mind is an episode of The Office where there's a secret Santa exchange, um, mostly just because I loved the Jim and Pam relationship. And in that episode, mm. Jim gets Pam a, a teapot full of like special presents inside of it, and it starts getting passed around to other people in The Office when the secret Santa exchange goes awry. Um, and that's just a fun storyline that I always loved. Gosh, that is my second oh, favorite really? <laughs> episode. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Um, every week, every week we like to talk about something we've discovered or rediscovered throughout the week. So, S- Sandra, what are you feeling this week? This week, I'm feeling an indie movie called Operator. This was a movie that I saw at South by Southwest this year, and I fell in love with it. It's so up my alley. It's ridiculous. Um, It didn't get much of a wide release, and so as soon as it came out on iTunes, I was really excited for a chance to see it again. It stars Martin Starr and Mae Whitman, two performers that I really love and who I don't think have ever been like the leads in their movies. They're usually like supporting players. So it was really fun to have a movie where the two of them got to be the main focus. Martin Starr plays a programmer who designs um, automated voice systems for businesses. So like, you know, those um, lines where you call in to ask a question and it sounds like it's a real person talking to you, but it's definitely not a real person talking to you. (laughs) He designs those and tries to make them as lifelike as possible. And in this movie, he gets his wife, played by Mae Whitman, to start being the voice of a system that he's designing. And he starts to become kind of obsessed with this system that has the voice of his wife rather than his own wife. And 
it's such a wonderful movie. I am one of my favorite genres of film are sci-fi slash tech affected romances. And <laughs> that is a very specific genre it of film. It is, but it's the best <laughs> genre. Um, so the ones that come to mind are Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind fits into that category. The one that this movie is most similar to is um, Her from Spike Jones, And it's all about that connection of the way technology can affect our loves lives, our love lives, either for better or worse. And this is just like a really interesting look at a very codependent marriage and what it's like when you like infuse technology into that marriage. Um, it's funny, but also very dramatic. One thing that I think makes this movie stand out so much is that the graphic design of the technology in this film, I think is really beautiful. I would highly recommend people watching it. I would also recommend that people didn't watch the trailer for it because I don't feel like the trailer does a great job of conveying how charming and touching this film actually is. Um, so yeah, I would, it's on iTunes and Amazon, rent it, buy it. That's, I would highly recommend it. It was one of my favorite things that I saw at South by this year. Uh, as an interface designer, I love to see how interfaces are portrayed in movies and yeah. TV. And that's one of the reasons I really love Black Mirror, just because like seeing exactly how they, like a futuristic technology, yeah. you know, Black deals Mirror with, with interfaces. Genre, so well. yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, and so this is definitely a movie I want to see somewhat for that, but also also because I love Martin Starr and Mae Whitman. Yeah. So. And they're both, especially I think Mae Whitman, are just like, they're putting in great performances in this film. This film also has a bunch of other actors I really like, like Nat Faxon and mm -hmm. um, Cameron Esposito, who's a favorite comedian of mine. Um, it's a great, great movie. And I think, let me double check this. If, if this isn't the first film that this director, Logan Keebins, has made, it's, like, I think only their second. It's it's a very a pretty new filmmaker that I'm excited to see more from. Nice. Yeah, I'm definitely, it's on my list of things to check out. Along with, like, 800 other things sure. for this, this month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a busy one. Um, but this is a great one to, like, uh, like I said, it's very indie. Um, mm-hmm. When you're spending a night at home with, like, a friend or a significant other, I think this would be a great one to pop in. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely check this out. What are you feeling this week, Lucas? I am actually feeling an app. Uh, last month for Thanksgiving, uh, I took a trip to Austria and the Czech Republic. And while I was over there, I found that most of the apps that I was using, some of the most useful apps... Um, that I, that I was using over there were Google Translate, Google Maps. Um, and a lot of that is for their just offline content is really nice. And uh, in I just found out in September, actually Lawson turned me onto this. In September, um, Google launched an app called Google Trips, which is a fantastic app for planning your trips and then also to use while you're on your trips. It kind of brings all of those you know, Google things together um, in one place that's just a fantastic way to to navigate uh, and plan your trips. So if you use a Gmail account for your email, um, it will pull in your Airbnb reservations, your flight uh, reservations and tickets um, all into this one app. Um, and based on your location, it will pull up 
places to stay, places to eat, and things to do. So you can actually, using a mix of Google Apps, Google Ratings, and stuff like that, um, you can plan out either day by day or just on your whole trip um, what you want to do and kind of have it map it out for you and plan how long it'll take you to get places and things like that. And you can do that before your trip or you can do it the day of as you're kind of waking up and figuring out what you want to do just for that day. Uh, And it's just a nice way to have everything you need all in one place, which I'm really excited about using. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I don't go in on enough trips to warrant me ever using it. But if I were yeah. Lucas, I would. <laughs> <laughs> as as someone who does not like giving Google access to a lot of my stuff, um, this is this is a uh, this it. this is hard. It, it it's kind of worth it. Yeah. It really is. So. <laughs> All right, so let's move into some news. We actually got the Golden Globe nominations today for 2017, uh, and I just want to read off the Best Motion Picture Drama and Best Motion Picture Musical slash Comedy um, nominations real quick. So for Best Motion Picture Drama, we have Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Which I've only and, seen one of those so far. Uh, me too. I also have only seen no, one of those so far. Oh, have you not seen Moonlight? I haven't seen Moonlight okay. yet. Yeah, I've only seen Hell or High Water. So I need to pick it up. Yeah. Um. So any, yeah, any, any surprises in that list? You know, I'm disappointed to see Hacksaw Ridge in that list. I haven't seen it, <laughs> so I don't know how good it is know, or isn't. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, I can't believe that Arrival is on that list. I... Would have met Arrival seems like the perfect Golden Globes movie too. Like yeah, it's one it's one of the movies that I thought would not, you know, make it into like Best Picture at the Oscars, but would have a good shot at Golden Globe. And for it not even to get nominated for Golden Globe is really surprising. Yeah, and the fact that I've only seen one of these films is really weird to me, and that like two out of the five I refuse to see, you know, and so that yeah, is also yeah. just like a disappointing Mm -hmm. for lion i'm really surprised i've i've heard a lot of good stuff about it but i it's not one that i would expect to be at the golden globes kind of like the opposite of arrival it's like that that to me seems more like an oscar movie than a golden globes movie but we'll see yeah we'll see um for best motion picture musical or comedy we have 20th century women deadpool Florence Foster Jenkins, La La Land, and Sing Street. I'm so pumped Sing Street made it in here somewhere. Absolutely. Since they did not get nominated for Best Song at all. No. Um, but I'm glad they made it in in this list. Any any surprises here? I mean, Deadpool? Like, that to me, that came out of nowhere. Like, I know it was a huge box office success, but right. even with all of that success, I never in a million years would have thought, award season come time like come time for award season it would be getting any buzz i can see it showing up in critics choice or maybe screen actors guild stuff like that like people that want to reward somebody who kind of went against the grain to make a movie that and that turned out like a lot of people liked um but hey it (laughs) it's getting a lot of love everywhere apparently so did you see deadpool lucas I did. I did. I liked it. I, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was, I mean, refreshing. But I think it also comes back to superhero movies and just people are yeah. tired of getting the same old, same old. And when we get something that's a little bit different, 
everyone loses their minds. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, I am also not super pumped that Florence Foster Jenkins is in here. That is doesn't I you know I don't have any feelings about that movie. I didn't see it, but it's completely makes sense to me that it would be nominated. That it's just Meryl Streep in any comedy is going to get nominated at the Golden Globes. <laughs> if it were anyone other, I'd be okay with her getting a nomination, but the movie itself getting a nomination sure. is kind of like, well, yeah. all right. But Yeah. Let me tell you one of the things that has me nervous about these Golden Globe noms, Lucas. Mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield was nominated for <laughs> Best Performance by an Actor in a Drama for Hacksaw Ridge. And yeah. I adore Andrew Garfield. He's one of my favorite, favorite actors. And <laughs> I'm happy to see him recognized for his talents. But if Andrew Garfield wins an Oscar for a Mel Gibson movie, I'm going to lose my <laughs> Because all I've wanted out of the movie, the film industry is for Andrew Garfield to win an Oscar. And if he finally wins an Oscar, finally, like he's like been in this forever. I know, right? But for yeah. me, on my <laughs> emotional journey with him, if he wins yes. an Oscar or his, let's just say his first Oscar. Um, okay. Yeah. For a movie that I refuse to see, it's going to break my heart. And so this has me a little bit nervous for Oscar season. So going off of last year, last year's winners, we had The Revenant for Best Drama, Mm -hmm. The Martian for Best Comedy, which is laughable, (laughs) um, Brie Larson for Best Actress, and Leonardo DiCaprio. So we have... Acting wise, we have the 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 people who win the Golden Globes usually t- tend on to go on to win the Oscar. So, or at least be this like could be right up there in the running. Like, c- correct, yeah. correct. Um, so we'll we'll see this year. Yeah, we'll we'll see with these uh people for for best actor and best actress. I'm very interested. We have just I'll just read it off real quick sure. for best actor and best actress. Um, so yeah, so for best actor in a motion picture drama, we've got Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. Joel Edgerton for Loving, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, and Denzel Washington for Fences. I'm excited by the Viggo Mortensen nomination. Um, yeah, I'm really surprised. I didn't think that Captain Fantastic would uh, would find a lot of love in the Golden Globes, but right. Yeah, he did a fantastic job yeah, in that movie, and it's such and a unique, well like, special movie that to yes. see it getting any attention is really exciting. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I, I'm not excited by any of these other than Viggo Mortensen, <laughs> though. Like, I mean, I haven't seen Fences. I'm excited, too. So that one, mm. you know, doesn't – I don't have any feelings about it, about Denzel Washington getting nominated. That just seems very standard. Like, yeah, of course, Denzel Washington, right. he's going to get nominated. Right. He's an amazing actor. Um, if if this is the list that, that uh, the Academy ends up going with. If they just with, copy and these paste. these actors, if they copy and paste, I think Denzel's going to win just – one, just based off star power alone. See, I don't know. I would prefer that out of this list, either him or, you know, uh, I just, I think <laughs> yeah, Casey who, who Affleck, else are you gonna put? I think Casey Affleck has the best buzz right now. I think he has the best buzz right now, but we also have enough time for a lot of the allegations that have come out about him to take effect and I just don't honestly possibly sway voters. I don't think that these allegations are going to affect him that deeply. And I think that's frustrating, um, but I just don't think they will. 
My gut right. tells me that they won't. I still think people love Denzel. Yeah. And it's hard not to vote for Denzel. I mean, I would love for that to happen. <laughs> if this yeah. is the list, um, I also have heard great things about loving. And so I'm excited to see mm-hmm. that one too. It's hard because so many of these I haven't seen yet. And so I don't get yeah. to be, yeah. I, I don't have negative feelings towards a lot of them. Right. Um, just, I don't have the excitement yet either. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So for best actress for drama, we've got Isabelle Huppert from, from, uh, is it L? Uh-huh. L? I yeah. think so. Um, Natalie Portman from Jackie, Ruth Nega for Loving, Amy Adams for Arrival, and Jessica Chastain for Miss Sloan. Yeah, I mean, I love seeing Amy Adams in this list. Mm-hmm. The, I love how we're talking about Golden Globe nominations, but only as a means to talk about Oscar nominations. I know, right? <laughs> That's all they're really good for, in my opinion. It's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> The be- the most buzz I've heard about for Best Actress, and I think Best Actress is the most interesting category this year, um, mm-hmm. has been for Emma Stone for La La Land, which she's nominated in the comedy category, for Natalie Portman for Jackie. Um, I think that's where the real competition is, although after seeing yeah. Amy Adams in Arrival, I wouldn't be surprised if she's also like a tight race. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and we're... Focusing on the drama categories because typically those are the performances that are more likely to get an Oscar nom than the comedy categories. Correct. Um, Correct. Yeah. Basically, you can throw the Golden Globes out the window. We don't. We don't care. <laughs> right. No, I'm excited <laughs> by all of these nominations for actresses, though. I want to see all of these movies. Um, n- no complaints for me. Well, awesome. Anything else out of just the whole list? We won't go through the whole list of nominations, but anything else that you are really excited about Um, uh, or surprised by from these nominations? I was really excited to see that Haley Steinfeld got a nomination for Best Actress in a Comedy for The Edge of Seventeen. That's a movie that I really, really enjoyed. It's not something that I think you need to like rush to see before award season, but I highly recommend everyone seeing it. Um, You know, the marketing for that movie, like... A lot of people had a lot of things like the next Mean Girls and the next Easy A or like all these oh, like gosh. Yeah. high school comedies <laughs> that have been like recognized and beloved. And mm-hmm. um, at first I was like, man, you're really building this up. And yeah. after seeing it, I totally agree. I think this movie is really funny and charming and well made. And so I re- would recommend people seeing it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. For me, I think the the, pers- the person I'm most surprised by is Colin Farrell's nomination for The Lobster for Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Um, one, just the fact that they're recognizing The Lobster as a mu- as a the comedy that it somewhat is. Uh, it's the driest, most I guess I don't know, ridiculously hilarious movie I've I've ever seen, and it's super sad and super depressing, and yet funny as well um and colin farrell does an amazing job in it um and i'm really surprised to end up actually seeing him on this list but really happy about it i think both of us also are incredibly disappointed that the handmaiden didn't get any love from the golden globes yes Uh, because that doesn't look make that doesn't look good for the oscar season um it does not the fact that Both Tom Ford and Mel Gibson were nominated for Best Director um, (laughs) is a little frustrating. I don't have anything against Tom Ford, but I just haven't heard great things about Nocturnal Animals. And Mm -hmm. to think that, like, we could have gotten a Best Director nomination for The Handmaiden in one of those two slots. Yeah, that that slot and Best... Oh, yeah, I guess that one here. I keep bringing up cinematography as if it's important to the Golden Globes at all. Um, (laughs) 
yeah, that 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 slot for best director would have been a great place for for Park Chan Wook. I think. Yeah. I like. There's not a lot of spaces as I, I've talked about before in the Handmaiden review. Just that the country has to nominate you for best foreign mm-hmm. um, film, and South Korea is not. Or at, I I don't know if it's official or not, but they've there's been speculation that South Korea is not nominating uh, this film yeah. for anything. So uh, that could be a reason that it did not make it into the uh, best foreign film category, which is pretty sad. Yeah. And also, like, you know, Arrival didn't get a nomination for best drama and it didn't get a nomination for best director either, which I would have yeah. loved a nomination for that in this category yep. as well. But it did get screenplay, which is uh, two times in a row for... What's his name? What? Uh, Taylor Sheridan. Nope. Different different screenplay. Did not get screenplay. No. I'm thinking about the other. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't get anything. Man, yeah. gosh. I mean, that Amy movie Adams, got shut out. That's Jeez. Yeah. You get Amy Adams and nothing else. Yeah. Gosh. Um, oh, it did get score. It did get score. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, yeah, so we'll definitely be following the Golden Globes a lot closer um, as we ramp up into more of the the bigger awards seasons and we'll talk more about the tv section from this um in the in our next section all right well that's it i guess let's talk about our year in tv Okay, 2016 has been a big year in television, from surprise hits like Stranger Things to surprise failures like The Muppets. Uh, We wanted to take this time to dive into what we've loved and hated about this year in TV. So, Sandra, what are your overall thoughts on how 2016 has gone, TV-wise? I mean, it's been a busy year. I I, I feel like every single year just gets busier and busier with our TV schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it, there's there's no signs of slowing down, especially with, you know, streaming services like Netflix busting out like new TV shows every single week, a whole like yeah. whole seasons of new yeah. content. Um, so it's been really, really busy. And, you know, Lucas, you and I were talking about this earlier. I feel like I started the year strong, like keeping up with everything and watching all the new <laughs> shows and like the summer came and I was trying all these new TV shows. And then the fall tv season hit and i had the best of intentions but then also because of election season it just got really crazy and i didn't watch as much tv in the fall as i had planned to um so Mm -hmm. when we were making our list of like things we were going to talk about tonight i feel like there's so much that i'm missing even though i've consumed so much great television yeah i don't i definitely don't feel like you can get everything you wanted to watch in a year. Yeah. I think it takes and, and and that's why I think why season 2 is always so important for a lot of these television shows is that's how long it takes for people to actually get caught up and watch season 1. Right. So, it 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 saddens me when a, a show that I've wanted to watch gets canceled after season 1 because usually I haven't gotten to it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, what we really want to look at is a couple different categories here. Um, and so let's just dive in and talk about what our thoughts are on kind of specific categories. Um, so best new show, 
best new show of the year, a show that came out in 2016 that you have loved? Okay. Well, I'm going to start our night off by cheating. Um, Classic. <laughs> right. So this show didn't premiere in 2016. In fact, it just started its fourth season this fall. So it's, oh. it's really not a new show. <laughs> but. Fine. The best show that Sandra wants to talk about. Fine. But, however, the reason I'm talking about it in this category is because it was brand new to me in this in 2016, and it was brand new to America in 2016. I'm talking about the show Please Like Me. It's an Australian comedy um, that's been airing in Australia for a couple of years now, but just came to Hulu this year. And so I hadn't really heard about it before this year, or, and I definitely had never watched any of it. So for me, it feels very, very new. And I'm sure to most of our audience, it's incredibly new. Um, I fell in love with this show from the very first episode. I binged as much of it as I could. The first three seasons are on Hulu. The fourth season is airing now in Australia. Um, this show... It's um, about a group of 20-somethings that are friends. The main protagonist is like a gay 20-something, and it's about him dealing with his family and his friends and his love life. There's a lot of talk about mental illness. There's a lot of talk about relationships. And there are so many things in this show that are just right up my alley. It's hilarious. And I would say that even though I have only been watching this show for several months, I can confidently say it's one of my favorite shows of all time. I've never watched a TV wow. show. I'm really serious. I, I love this show so much. I re, I've re-watched so, the episodes so many times because I love them. It just hits everything I want out of a TV show. Um, it's incredibly smart and joyful <clears throat> um, and serious when it needs to be. I, I can't recommend it higher highly enough oh man that uh that show will show up on my list later on oh, great. um and i'll allow the cheating since i'm going to do it in a minute or two okay, <laughs> as well in the exact same way so uh, but my best new show of the year is one i've talked about many 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 times uh the crown obviously um this show i'll be quick here because i've already spilled my guts about it before but this show is phenomenal the acting is ridiculously good um, I love the character work in this show. I, th I think I always think it's interesting when people are having to portray or write characters that are alive currently, real life characters depicting real events. Um, and I feel like it's always a little touchy on how you portray someone who can then go watch that show. Um, and especially when they're as powerful as the royal family. Sure. Um, but I think they've done such a good job of just in general, nobody is a bad guy in this show you see all of their faults you see their motivations as to why they're making the decisions they are um and you can see why those decisions are wrong or right accordingly and so there's never a time when you're you know hating a character um there are times when you are rooting against characters but the whole time you can see why they're making the decisions they are which I think is really difficult to do uh, in a show, and especially in um, in a show involving real people, which is really, really, really well done. So watch The Crown, people. It's on Netflix. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the opposite. What is your most disappointing show this year? The show that you've watched and had high hopes for and were extremely disappointed in how it turned out. 
Well, there is a show that premiered this year on Logo that I've talked about on the podcast called Finding Prince Charming. Um, and sim- you were feeling it one week. I was feeling it one week. Um, you know, it's in simplest terms, it's a gay version of The Bachelor. And I just got into Bachelor Nation this year. I watched The Bachelorette. I watched Bachelor in Paradise. I started to really like get my groove into like this whole realm of reality TV that I hadn't previously not participated in. So when there was a gay version of The Bachelor essentially coming out called Finding Prince Charming, I was stoked. I was like, this, another show made for Sandra. Like, she's going to love it. And um, I will admit, I had a lot of fun watching Finding Prince Charming, but not for the reasons I think the show intended me to. It The show <laughs> was very poorly produced. The... It was incredibly low budget. The lead guy who was playing Prince Charming was is one of the most boring people I have ever seen on reality TV. And um, the drama that I expected from a reality show of gay men trying to date, competing with each other to date someone, just wasn't there. There were a few highlights. There was one contestant named Robbie that was just a gem amongst all of them. There was... Um, a really hot guy named Paul that I loved. But overall, the show was very disappointing. No, The cameras didn't catch anyone hooking up with each other in the contestant house, which should have been a mainstay on a show about the gay, a gay bachelor. So I had a lot of fun watching this show because of how silly and disappointing it was. Keeping up with other people watching the show and making fun of it was a really fun form of community that I had. So I watched every episode. Um, I even started listening to a podcast about the show that was really fun. Um, And I'm excited for season two. I think because it had such a devoted following, even though it wasn't very good, means that season two, they're probably going to ramp it up a lot. Um, So I have hopes that season two will be better, even though season one was not what I wanted it to be. I don't know if you read the description. I said most disappointing show. It did, it did I, disappoint you, Lucas. <laughs> it was not good. You you watched all of it. You listened to a podcast about it. You're excited for season two. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was. I expected it to be really, really fun and amazing, and it was fun to make fun of. Um, but it wasn't like well made, and it wasn't good. All right. Sometimes, All right. well. <laughs> you know, you just commit to things, even though they're not great, because you know I, oh, the I know, I watched there. True Detective season two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, my most disappointing show, my most disappointing, <laughs> my my most disappointing show um, is HBO's Vinyl this Oof, year. Yeah. Um, I had so, so high hopes for oh. that movie, that movie, that TV show. It's. Produced by Martin Scorsese, and I was really expecting it to be movie quality, and it's, it, I mean, it, it's supposed to depict music life in the 70s? 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 I'm trying yeah. to remember. It's been yeah, so 70s. long since I've watched that show. Um, it had a popular pilot. I would not say a great pilot. Um, and HBO had so much faith in it that it immediately renewed it for season two. Um, and the season tanked. So HBO is sitting on a show that nobody likes that they have to produce a second season of next year. Wow, so I didn't realize they were going to actually go through with yeah. season two. I guess. They're still on track, too. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But Yikes. 
Yeah, it it was not good, not good at all. Ooh. So, yep. For the future, I hope they do better. Um, all right. This is a category that I am new to, <laughs> but Sandra, what is your favorite? Or I guess I'll say, what is your what is the best reality show for, this for year? For 2016. Okay. So I'm going to talk about it more throughout this episode, but I got big into reality TV this year. Um, it's always say. been something that like I have watched a few shows of, a few like Project Runway, America's Next Top Model. Like I always watch those. But this year I got really into reality TV. And the best of the best, the cream of the reality TV crop was The Real Housewives of New York City. I got real into the Real Housewives franchise, and this season of New York City was so amazing. Just some of the best drama, the best comedy, um, just delicious fights between the women. If you have ever enjoyed any of the Real Housewives shows, you have to watch this season of Real Housewives of New York City because it was incredible. Um, I don't know if I'm reaching anyone that is interested in this, but if I am, this season was amazing. So many catchphrases, so many like jaw dropping moments. Um, it was just, it was incredible. Well, I will not be watching no, that. No, but... I, don't, I don't expect <laughs> you to. But as I said, this is, I have a very limited experience with reality television. It all revolves around cooking. So I uh, chopped. MasterChef, that kind of stuff. Um, but this year, and this is where I'm going to cheat, um, this is a show that is new to America, not new to television. Um, it They premiered the fifth season of this show on Netflix this year, The Great British Bake Off! It's amazing, people, and I love it for all the reasons that you... I love it for the opposite reasons that you love. This is why I have never watched The Great British Bake Off. I know. Zero drama. It's so boring. Zero fights. (laughs) (laughs) All a bunch of lovely people who love to bake, baking with no prizes, no no real actual uh, competition involved. You just get sent home on a week-by-week basis, depending on how you did. Uh, It's amazing. It's amazing. So I watched the season on Netflix, and I have watched uh, every other season. Actually, the only season I haven't seen is the season that actually uh, aired this year. So yeah. that's that's the only one I'm, that I am missing. Gotcha. So. 2017, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now getting into the dramas. Best returning drama this year. Okay, so I'm going to have to cheat again because I was oh. – I know. I was looking through – all the shows I watched, Lucas, and mm-hmm. I realized that in 2016, I don't think I watched a single returning drama. I watched some new dramas. Wow. But not a single okay. returning one. I just don't watch a lot of drama. I'm, yeah. I'm much more into comedy. I do, however, watch a lot of very dramatic comedies. A lot of <laughs> HBO yes. comedies, you're the uh, like yeah. FX comedies, comedies that um, or comedies like on Amazon or Netflix where, you know. Punchy in the gut comedies. Exactly. So I'm going to choose one of those. Um, the season of Girls on HBO that aired this year I thought was really incredible. A lot of people were calling it a return to form. Um, I am just thinking it's one of, like, the best they've ever been. 
There were some gut-punching episodes. I think the characters evolved in a lot of really important ways this season. Um, And so for all of the dramatic, like, ways that this show has been improving and just really doing some beautiful work, I'm choosing Girls for Best Returning Drama. Nice. Um, I am going to choose for Best Returning Drama, Better Call Saul. Um, This, if you haven't seen this show, this is a spinoff of Breaking Bad, which I have never thought that a spinoff of any show could do well at all. Um, but this show, it finished its second season uh, back in April, which feels like so long mm-hmm. ago. Um, but it has done a great job of standing on its own um, and making it a show about Bob, Bob Odenkirk, who won Best uh, Dramatic Actor at the Critics' Choice Awards last night, which, uh, if you've ever watched anything with Bob Odenkirk, is such a surprise. <laughs> but he is fantastic in this show. Um, I think I think way better than he was on, on Breaking Bad. Um, and it, this show gives his character so much more depth. And I think the fact that... Uh, that it's not treading a lot of the same ground that Breaking Bad did um, has really given this show quite a boost. You know, I've never watched that. I didn't watch Breaking Bad, so I've never watched Better Call Saul, but I do adore Rhea Seahorn, and I would Mm -hmm. would tune into this show just for her performance. She's she's phenomenal. She is so good. Um, And this is actually a show that doesn't, because it doesn't lean on Breaking Bad knowledge, um, you can watch... Without having seen Breaking right, Bad, right? Yeah. So I would encourage everyone to do it, even if you're even if you're not a fan of Breaking Bad. Um, I th- I think this is a show that people would still still like. So Lucas, one of the reasons I never really got into Breaking Bad is because I always heard about how dark it was. Um, mm-hmm. Compared to Breaking Bad, like how dark does a show get? Like incredibly no. dark? No, it's it's pretty no, tonally not different. A, not at all. A completely tonally different this um i mean this this is more like i think a normal drama i mean breaking bad is about you know drugs and <laughs> the, de- the decline of uh of a human being yeah. and this is more just about um a guy finding his way yeah. trying trying to be a lawyer kind of a thing which is way different to the sure. <laughs> way different tonally so i think it hits some of the same um, beats is Breaking Bad and the fact that it is it is about a guy trying to figure out his life, uh, but it explores it in way different ways. Okay. So that's good to hear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, cool. The opposite direction: best returning comedy. Okay, so for this category, I think Lucas and I are each going to talk about a pick that we really adore, and then we're going to talk about a show that we adore together um because we yes. just we couldn't just stick with one pick each this this category i think i speaking for myself i watch so many comedies there are so many things i could talk about in this category um so we're we're giving ourselves a little bit more leeway here um the one that i'm going to talk about first is a show that is technically returning although it also kind of feels like a new show because it doesn't have a huge following yet it premiered in November 2015, and then its first season kind of took place the very end of 2015 and the beginning of 2016, and the second season began in the fall of 2016, and that's the NBC show Superstore. Um, it stars America Ferreira and Ben Feldman. This show has just been a delight. I don't see a lot of people... I don't hear a lot of people talking about it, and I wish that it had more buzz because... 
to me, this could be the next office. It has such a great cast of like funny, weird characters. It's a workplace comedy. And those are always just like a joy to have. Um, you know, it reminds me the most of the office because it's about, of people in like middle America who are just working like this average job and they're all kind of like coming from weird backgrounds, all working together. But the humor of it is not the same as The Office. It's not kind of the cringe humor that those first seasons of The Office had. Yep. It's just much more like classic, joyful network comedy, but in a really smart and fun way. Um, would, you, would you say it is Parks and Recreation humor? Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it mm. has a little bit of Parks and Rec in it in that like, you know, it's making fun of uh, like crazy townspeople, you know, like kind of a Parks and mm-hmm. Recreation kind of makes fun of crazy townspeople. Superstore is set in what is like basically a Walmart, um, a major chain um, you know, grocery superstore. And um, one of my favorite little bits of humor that the show continually does through each episode is that, you know, it has the main plot about the people that work there. And in between scenes, it will just show like random funny things that customers are doing in the <laughs> store, like opening bottles of lotion and like pouring it over themselves or like just <laughs> things that, you know, happen in Walmarts. And yeah, and those yeah. are just like fun <laughs> moments that aren't related to the plot that I crack up every time they show. Um, it's it's just a really fun show. I has a great diverse cast um and i really would love people to get on board with it this is one i meant to watch last year and then promptly forgot about and (laughs) now once season two is airing i'm thinking again yes yes i need to pick this back up i think you would definitely like this show and it's easy to watch it's one of those shows where yeah you can watch three episodes in a night and forget about it for a week or two and then come back and watch another three episodes it's just you don't have to be super committed to it Good. to enjoy it. All right, NBC. They're coming back. Do your thing. All right. Um, what I, I, I guess for me, and comedy is always a, a loose term with these sure. shows because a lot of the shows that, like like you said with girls, that are just um, really, I think, deeper than a lot of a lot of comedies used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for my best returning comedy, I'm going to go with You're the Worst. It has done, it is in its third season. Yeah third season it is in his third season and it has kept the exact same um amount of gut punching that it (laughs) has done in the previous two seasons um yeah it talks about alcoholism it talks about depression it talks about um the it talks about ptsd and dealing with uh being a veteran there's so many I guess there are so many things that it explores that you do not get um, in a lot of TV shows and especially not in a comedy setting. Um, so I, I would really recommend everybody everybody check this show out. I mean, I adore this show, Lucas. I haven't been great about keeping up with the current season, but mm-hmm. the first two seasons and the episodes that I did see of the current season, I mean, it's on track to be one of my favorite shows ever. Like, I I know I said that about Please Like Me earlier on in this episode, but You're the Worst is so, so good. Um, I've been blown away by this show continually. Yep. Yep. It is a a show that 
FX has had a lot of faith in and continue to renew. Uh, I think early on it didn't have a lot of it didn't have the greatest ratings, um, but I'm hoping to pick that up. I'm hoping I'm hoping it really picks up. I would up. also recommend to people who haven't ever seen You're the Worst. I feel like a lot. What I, what I hear a lot is that people watch the first like two episodes and they think like, "Ugh, I know what this show is. It's just like raunchy humor." like played out and I would strongly suggest like watching past those first few episodes because Mm -hmm. even though I enjoy the first few episodes, I think it turns into something really special that you don't get to see at the very beginning. Yep. All right. So the show that we chose together that we could not leave off this Uh, list (laughs) is crazy ex-girlfriend. I love this show so much. It's so good. Musical comedy. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> Lucas and I both like musicals, but I would say that whenever I try to tell people about this show, I try not to, to call it a musical because that instantly right, turns people right. off. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it is. It's, you know, it's a, it's a 45 minute comedy, which, you know, we don't see as much of. And it is one of the funniest shows, I think, on television. The comedy writing in this show is so sharp and just makes me laugh out loud throughout the entire episode. In addition to like all the joke writing that is really, really good. It has these two to three musical numbers per episode, original comedic musical numbers. And that's so impressive. Like that is a lot of music. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, and, and they're all well done and usually themed, uh, mocking either a genre or a specific, you know, uh, artist or musical or something like that. And it's so, just so witty. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so well you know, written. One of the things I love so much about the musical numbers is that the musical numbers themselves have so many jokes in them and make me laugh mm-hmm. so hard. They don't just yeah. throw in a musical number just to have a song. Like, this isn't glee. Oh, yeah. This is like comedic <laughs> musical work. Yeah. And I try to tell people it's more like, comedic music videos than it is like a Mm -hmm. typical musical theater production um yes because these musical numbers they are like parroting genres a lot of the times um one of my other favorite things about this show is that it does a lot of critiquing about um the entire genre of romance and the way romance is looked at by women, the way romance is looked at by pop culture. Um, it's an incredibly feminist show. And I love that it's not afraid to make fun of the things that women do that are ridiculous, but it also doesn't make women feel ridiculous. I feel like it is mm-hmm. very empowering. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. It like puts forth a lot of ideas about like feminism that I really appreciate. But at the same time, it's not a fr- afraid to like, make fun of the times when not every woman, but this main character is like being crazy about her romantic life. You know, the, the title crazy ex-girlfriend when it came out, I know put a lot of people off, including myself, but as soon as you watch an episode, especially the, just the very first episode, you totally understand what this show is doing. And everyone that I have gotten to start watching it has fallen in love with it. So I would, I mean, I can't recommend a show more than Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I think it's so 
unique and important. It's true. It also has some of the best sexual comedy I think I've seen on television. It, they are not afraid to get like accurate about anatomy in a way that I love. All right. Watch it. Do it. It's on the CW. In fact, one of the best networks out also, there. Also, you can always just go onto YouTube. All of the musical numbers are on YouTube. And I think most of them are pretty good out of context. Um, mm-hmm. And so even just like look up a few of those musical numbers and like see how hilarious they are. Um, I think that will get you excited about the show. For sure. All right. Best talk show. So I don't really watch a lot of talk shows. I don't watch any full episodes of talk shows anymore. I really only watch clips on YouTube. It's the way of the world. Yeah. Um, And so I watch clips from pretty much all the major talk shows, at least the late night ones. And Mm -hmm. the ones I enjoy the most are from Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. This year has been all about me discovering my love for Andy Cohen and Bravo. (laughs) Andy Cohen is the executive producer for all the Real Housewives shows, as well as a lot of Of other shows on Bravo. Um, And watch Andy Cohen, I think is just an incredible personality. I read his first book recently, and I've checked out his other two books just from the library this week. Um, I Man, you were going all in on all, Andy Cohen. All in on Andy <laughs> Cohen. I think he is so charming and funny, but I love, most of all, the way he interacts with celebrities. I feel like celebrities are so disarmed by him that they'll reveal things to him that they will never reveal in other interviews. I also feel like he's so fun to be around that he could just ask really invasive questions and not be offend anyone. And that is so fun to watch when you're watching a good celebrity interview. Um, Plus he is friends with some of my favorite celebrities. I love his dynamic with Anderson Cooper, with Kelly Ripa. Um, I just have a blast watching him. Plus he loves a good cheesy game on his talk show. Nice. And those are always fun to watch. Um, for me, I'm going to have to go with Late Night with Seth Meyers. It's always difficult, I think, for someone to come out of one environment and take over one of these uh, late shows. Um, and a lot of people have done it poorly. Um, and Seth Meyers, I was really surprised. I was not expecting a lot out of him. I loved him on SNL. Uh, I thought he did a fantastic job running a – what is the news segment on SNL? Weekend Update. Um Weekend Update. I thought he did a great job running Weekend Update, um, but I was super nervous for him to actually get a late night <laughs> show. But he has made it his own and really rocked it, especially with his election coverage. Right. Um, his segments are really good, really concise, um, and work really well for YouTube viewing. So. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I do think the same as you like I, I watch most of my stuff on YouTube for um, for talk for talk shows and late night television and uh, his clips are amazing just so well done Lucas, do you mostly watch him for like his comedy and like desk segments or and like not so much his interviews or do you watch kind of all of it I I, I end up watching kind of all of it. I, I started watching him because of his, uh, his desk segments. Um, but, but now I watch, I watch most of it. You know, I don't tend to watch a lot of his interviews with celebrities. Um, I don't feel like that's his strongest suit. I feel like he's a great writer and a great comedian. And, um, when he's doing like his, you know, desk segments about the election or any other mm-hmm. kind of bits, I find those incredible, 
But when it's just interviews with celebrities, I don't feel like that's his most engaging stuff i don't i don't either i don't i don't think it's where he feels most most comfortable i would love it in the future if he took more of the john oliver um route and just went went hard into news stories in the news i think that's his that's his 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 sweet spot it really makes me wish he was on a network where he could have a show that was just more like (laughs) he'd be allowed to do that (laughs) more like daily show or like yeah john oliver's show um and Mm -hmm. not so much like following the tonight show yep yeah, um, definitely. One of my favorite segments on his show. Have you watched the joke Seth can't tell segment? Yes. Um, they're yes. so funny. <laughs> if, if you're not familiar with them, he brings on two of his comedy writers. Um, let me see. I don't remember. I don't know their names. But one is a either. black woman and one is a gay woman, a gay um, Puerto Rican woman. And they he sits in between them and they tell jokes usually relating to gay women or gay people or black people or Puerto Rican people that he cannot get away with telling because he is a white man (laughs) and they are so funny. And I, I, there he's done like four, I think about four of them. I would go watch Mm -hmm. those all on YouTube. I have a blast. Definitely. Definitely. I feel like a lot of, I mean, all of the late night shows are basically run by straight white men. Um, and I, th- I think that puts a lot of pressure to put writers in the room that would speak the way they do and only be able to say the things that they do. And because he has a segment like that, um, it's really obvious that, I mean, his writers are writing everything and doing a ton of editing and yeah. <laughs> anything that, that is too good to go on the cutting floor um, can be said, you know, by by other people other than Seth Meyers, which I think is really it, cool. It's really, really <laughs> awesome. Yeah. He's he's a great dude. All right. So moving on from Best Talk Show, favorite network. So I'm typically not dedicated to one network. You know, I don't have a network where mm-hmm. I just like, uh I watch all the shows from this one network until this year. <laughs> <laughs> like I've mentioned several times tonight, I this year has been the year about me discovering my love for Bravo and all of their reality TV shows. Um, I have to credit my love for all these shows and my newfound dedication to Bravo to a podcast called Bitch Sesh. Um, It's hosted by Casey Wilson and um, Danielle Schneider, two wonderful comedians that I love. When I heard that they were starting a podcast, I was excited just because I love Casey Wilson. And I found out that it was going to be a podcast all about The Real Housewives. And so I started watching The Real Housewives just so that I could listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> because I think they're so funny. And let me tell you, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Because the community surrounding this podcast and these shows have been has been such a fun thing to be a part of. I These shows are so... like. They have reality TV done down to a science on Bravo. And it's just some of the most entertaining personalities. It's so well produced and well edited. Um, I've had, I've just discovered so much comedy watching these shows. And one of the things I love about The Real Housewives and all the Bravo reality shows is that I know that this sounds kind of like a stretch, but they really put a focus on women behaving badly in a way that I don't get, we we don't get to see a lot of on television. I'm not advocating for all television shows to be about like (laughs) women behaving horribly. 
I, you know, I love great female role models as part of like my characters on TV, but I also love to see women not being like the heroes. You know, we have so many shows of like men being these anti-hero characters and these shows, it, it's so fun to see like these complex women, um, like just behaving in awful ways. And it's something that I, I just love the variety to have. Um, so Bravo is just yeah. a fun discovery for me this year. Uh, right now I'm watching a lot of Vanderpump rules. I'm getting caught up on that show. One of the things about getting into Bravo is that there's so much history of these shows to watch. So like <laughs> I could be watching the current season of real housewives of Atlanta, but there's like four more seasons before that. And so like, I pick one to start watching in concurrent with the current season. And it's just been a lot of catching up, but I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Well, for me, it's a toss up. I've got to say between FX and CW, um, they are very different networks producing very different content. But the reason I love FX is just because of the quality mm-hmm. um, of, of, all of their shows and the faith that they put into those shows. Um, I already talked about You're the Worst. Um, Atlanta, which surprisingly we haven't talked about, but is a fantastic show. Um, Better Things, which is a brand new show this year, which is incredible. Um, Baskets, I mean, Fargo, The Americans, they have so many good shows uh, run by really great people. Um, And it really feels like that they put a lot of trust in them and are able to uh, do good, good work over there. So I'm excited to see. Basically, if it comes out on FX, I'm probably going to end up watching You know, it. I haven't been good about keeping up with a lot of the FX shows this season, but if I was only allowed to watch one network and <laughs> if I was only allowed to watch the shows on FX, I would be a very ha- satisfied TV viewer. Yeah, yeah. There's so much good content. Um, and the reason CW is also on this is, one, because their content is also good, but... Um, a lot of what they've done recently, mainly this year, uh, with their superhero shows, you notice superhero shows are not on this list at all. Um, but I watch every single one of them, and I like every single one of them. Um, they're just not. That's that's my reality. That's my reality TV, Sandra. Sure. That's that's that that's what I that's Your what I do pleasure. instead of reality TV. My guilty pleasure is superhero shows. <laughs> um, but what they've done, just kind of creating, they run four five. Four superhero it's, shows. There's now, Legends of Tomorrow, um, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Flash. Arrow, F- The Flash, and now Supergirl because they they took that off of uh, yeah. whoever they took it from yeah. CBS, ABC, CBS. something. Um, yeah, CBS. Um, yeah, so they're running all of these and they all cross over and basically they've made this family of shows um, that are all very different that all work well together. Um, but that you kind of watch as a group, which is something that a network hasn't really done before. Um, They've done crossovers between shows, but to do it at this level where they're all in the same universe and kind of constantly going back and forth um, is a really interesting thing that I haven't really seen before. The show's vary in quality, but, (laughs) um, and, but just the fact that you can do that with the tones of these different shows um, really surprised me. And I think they've done a fantastic job of kind of keeping all that together. What would you say is the best of all those superhero shows? Oh, it's so hard. Uh, I think the flash really leans into its, its cartoonishness. Um, I'm, it's, 
it's ridiculous and it knows it and it has a lot of fun with it. Legends of Tomorrow um, is basically Doctor Who with superheroes, uh, which is a lot of fun. So, but th- those would be, I think, my top two out of out of the four. Um, yeah. How funny that they have. Um, I don't know the actor's name, but um, from Doctor. Yeah, Who. they have a have a Rory yeah, well, Rory from Doctor yeah, Who. Um, um, yeah, he's basically the Doctor in this how show. Funny that he went <laughs> he's from just one to time another. travels with these people, and they're leaning into it hard yeah. now. Uh, as they're getting into season two, they're 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 doing it well. So basically, it's yeah, superheroes traveling through time, saving people in the French Revolution and stuff. It's great. It's great yeah. stuff. <laughs> All right. So we've talked a lot about all the shows that we're really into right now. Let's talk about the shows that we meant to watch this year and did not end up getting around to it. My list is so long. Um, (laughs) You know, the big things that I haven't even really touched on are any shows from HBO in the fall. Um, I haven't Mm -hmm. watched Insecure, Divorce, High Maintenance. I watched a few episodes of Westworld, but I didn't keep up with it. Um, there are a lot of FX shows that I started but didn't keep up with and that I plan to eventually, like Better Things, Atlanta, mm-hmm. You're the Worst. Um, there are some Netflix shows, The Get Down, Easy, Black Mirror, um, some Amazon shows like One Mississippi. Uh, there's this show that just came out on TBS called Search Party that I haven't watched yet, but I'm really excited mm-hmm. to. Um, the girlfriend experience is a show that I started and was very, um, excited about. And then I just, you know, forgot to keep watching it. And so I need to finish that season. I just haven't yet. And, um, finally there's this show called the magicians on the sci-fi channel. Um, (laughs) that just seems like so up my alley and I've heard that it's pretty fun. And so eventually I'd love to watch that. Nice. Nice. For me, I have a much smaller list because I think I got a lot. I'm proud of how much I watched yeah. this year. I'm, I really am. <laughs> um, but for me, Search Party is definitely on that list. Um, the Girlfriend Experience from FX, obviously. I need to, I need to watch it. Um, is it on FX? I think it's on FX. It's on Stars. Oh, is it Stars? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Either way, yeah. I've heard good things about it that I really want to watch. Pitch from Fox um, about the first female baseball yeah. player um, was one that I expected to watch and never ended up getting getting around you know, to it. I but. watched the first like three episodes or so, and I was really mm-hmm. liking it. It's something that I didn't end up keeping up with, and I'm not yeah. like pressed to go back to it, mm-hmm. mostly because I don't know if it's going to get a season two. Um, yeah, but if it gets a season two, I will probably catch up with it. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, speech list from a- from a- ABC was one that I thought would end up being on this list. That is not, I did watch that I, show. I, yeah. I've been one. watching that too. I've been liking it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and please like me, obviously your, your favorite yeah. show is one that I've been meaning to watch and, uh, I'll, I'll get around to it. I really think it. you'll love it, Lucas. I think I will, There's too. There's a, a best friend character that I think you'll appreciate a lot. Um, his kind uh, of, like, mean sense of humor with his friends. His mean sense of humor. I wonder <laughs> I wonder who that sounds like. <laughs> All right. So ramping up into 2017, what is your most anticipated show of next year? This is a hard question to answer because I feel like we don't get to anticipate shows until, like, halfway through when we see, like, what's coming out in the fall, you know? Um, right. At least all the for at least the network stuff. 
Um, right mm-hmm. now, a show that I think is premiering in January, maybe February of 2017, is mm-hmm. um, Riverdale on the CW. It's um, this, Archie. Yeah, they're taking on the characters from the Archie comics and making it into like a drama. Um, and I don't know whether this show is going to be good or not, but <laughs> I love the Archie comic books and I am excited about the possibilities of a good TV show with these characters. Um, I've heard that it's, you know, like Pretty Little Liars meets Twin Peaks is like a, a way I've heard that this show, the pilot of this show is described. And that sounds yeah. fun. Something I want to try out at the very least. Um, plus wow. one of my favorite actors, Raul Castillo, he was on Looking. Um, he has a role on this show that I've heard about. And so I will see anything that he's in. Yeah, I that that's a show I, I saw the trailer for and I'm definitely not too sure about. But since it's on the CW, obviously I have to try yeah. it out. So yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Um for me I'm going to go with where where my two things intersect, uh FX and superhero shows. Um I'm going to go with Legion. <laughs> um it's uh, it's a it's in the X-Men universe. It's about a a superhero who uh is kind of figuring out his powers, but it's run by um Noah Hawley who runs Fargo on FX. Um and the trailer's amazing and I'm really excited to see what he does with a um, I, I think it's less of a superhero show and more of a show in a superhero universe and a universe where superheroes are happening. It's in that X-Men universe. So there's mutants and stuff like that. Um, so I'm very interested to see what they what they do with this. Um, and then I have a second one. It's American Gods, which is um, based off the Neil Gaiman book. And it's run by the showrunner is Brian Fuller, who um, did Hannibal while that was on and was up until a couple weeks ago, the showrunner of the new Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery. Um, But he backed out to work on American Gods still. So that if I mean, if you're going to he was a guy who wrote for Star Trek when it was on. Um, and the fact that he was given kind of the keys to this franchise was huge. And the fact that he backed out of it to continue to work on American gods, I think could be extremely great for that show. Yeah, I know him so. from pushing daisies and, uh, yeah, yeah. He did pushing daisies. He, you know, That's right. he is like, I didn't watch Hannibal just cause I didn't think I could stomach it, but I think Brian Fuller is just such a fascinating talent. I'm really excited about anything that he's going to be a part of. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really excited about American Gods. So, Lucas, I have never read yes. the book. I'm assuming you have? Yes. Okay. I've always wanted to read the book, and I just haven't yet. I own the book. Should I watch? Ooh. Should I read the book before this show comes out? I am not sure. Yeah. It's... Based on the trailer, it looks like they're going to be pretty faithful to the book. Um, do you know anything about it? I, not not a lot. I mean, I kind of vaguely know the premise. Like, okay. I think I've read the I first d- chapter of the book. Okay, okay. I'm not going to say the premise. I think if you're interested in reading the book um, or just jumping into this show without any knowledge of it, I think that could be yeah. good. Um, either way... I think you'll enjoy okay. it. I, 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 I think it's a book that you would enjoy. There's a lot of really good, uh, really good characters in there. Um, I would, and because they're going to do it pretty faithfully, I think you'd be fine going the other way as well. I would be excited about this show just because of the source material and the fact that it's Brian Fuller. But in addition mm-hmm. to that, I think some of the cast for this show is really exciting. 
True. They've nailed it on their casting choices. Oh, um, I'm trying to. I know. <laughs> Let's find this. I know Jillian Anderson's in it. Yeah, Jillian Anderson, Kristen Chenoweth. Um, oh, Emily Browning, I think. Mm. Uh, Dane Cook is in it, which I didn't know. Um, Ian McShane. <laughs> Crispin Glover. Fantastic. Cloris Leachman. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Orlando Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a lot of really exciting people. Yeah, I'm. I'm so excited to see what happens here, and it's premiering on Stars, which is not normally a a network that I like, but they, in the past, they've done, what did they do? They did, uh, they're doing Outlander right yeah. now, which is a big yeah. hit. And you know, um, the girlfriend experience, like we talked about earlier. Yep. The girlfriend experience. I, one of the things that's so they're ramping up stars is that on stars, you get to be a lot dirtier than on, I think almost any other network, except for like HBO. Um, mm-hmm. and so like even more so than like FX, you get to be, um, yeah. I, and so that I think is really exciting. We shall see. I'm, so pumped so pumped for that show <laughs> well i hadn't really heard about legion until today and so now i'm looking forward to that lucas that sounds really check exciting. it out it's got it's got audrey plaza in it um oh that and sounds great yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> um she's i think a little crazy in this right. show which is perfect just how she should be it's got dan stevens who i love um who you love yep yep um he's the main character um i don't know who else is in it Besides those two. Oh, Gene Smart. He's got Gene Smart in it. She's oh, amazing. Yeah. She's so good. Um, other than those, uh, Jeremy Clement from uh, Flight of the Concords. Cool. Is in he's it. He's turning. It's a, he's putting out whoa, some really interesting stuff lately. I'm excited about him. <laughs> he is. He is. He's such, a, such an interesting person. <laughs> um, he was in Divorce and Moana as well. Oh, I didn't realize he was in those Divorce. Are, I, I don't know why I clumped those thing, those two together as if they connect at all, but he's those are two connection. things he's recently in. <laughs> Divorce and Moana. <Yeah. laughs> right. As we wrap up, is there anything else you want to throw out there? Oh, I think we need to make an honorable mention. You know, um, yeah. I was looking yes. at these Critic Choice Awards and our, you know, the Golden Globe nominations, and we both had, like, really great picks for Best New Show of the Year, but a new show this year that I know both of us really adored was um, The People versus O.J. Simpson. And I think that that was like oh, a yes. land. How did that not make it into any I of our know. lists? New show and comedy are hard because there's so yeah, much good yeah. stuff. And it's hard to just pick one. You know, that yeah. show, I think, bl- I blew my mind in a lot of ways. And with mm-hmm. some of like, when we talk about peak TV, that is that's yeah. the top of my list of like what peak TV was. Um, yep. So that was a really great highlight for this year definitely i would also throw atlanta in there fantastic show that did not get talked about yeah. a lot but uh it is going to be blowing it up in award yeah. season for and sure and of course we so. love stranger things but everybody knows that and everybody knows stranger things yeah 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 let's sew this summer <laughs> <laughs> all right so as we wrap it up let's sign off and tell us where people can hear from you throughout the week. You can find me online on all social platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, my username is at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. And I'm at Lucas and Stuff um, everywhere. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Feeling It Pod and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Feeling It Pod. Guys, you can also send us an email if you feel inclined to uh, at feelingitpod at gmail.com. Sure thing. So that is something we haven't heard from anybody on Gmail. Probably because we haven't said it. That, but, yeah, and people message us on Twitter. Um, 
whatever, whatever we have, works for we you. We have more of a Twitter we audience do. than an emailing audience. Yeah. But if that's your if that floats your boat, definitely send us an email. Um, at feeling it pod. Nope, not at. I don't. I don't know how to say feeling email. Feeling pod at gmail. Feeling it pod at gmail.com. That's it. That's it. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, until next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 